Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's good, 365ers? My name is Brett Daniels, your fit life coach, yogi, and entrepreneur, your co-host of the Black Health 365. And as y'all know, it is our mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. It is our mission, again, to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host. Hi, everybody. Jackie Page, radio personality and fitness enthusiast. And I'm just going to leave it at that today because I think that pretty much covers everything. Bray, how are you doing today? Today, I'm um, I'm in a process of, of healing. Um, recently was in a, a relationship and uh, it ended, ended on cordial terms, necessary terms. It was just a situation where we just realized there was no compromise to be had and we had to step away from each other. Um, but in this process of healing, um, I'm actually proud of myself because this was much less toxic than some other breakups. So I'm happy that I can walk away with getting something out of it. Um, and yeah, <laughs> being a little bit more emotionally resilient. I know that was a lot to drop on you, Jackie. Just to start uh, Very much so, because the last time we talked, everything seemed to be copacetic and, and peaches and, and fairy tales and 365ers. The same way you're just now hearing about this is the same way I'm just now hearing about this. So I'm just like... What, 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 what? But I am happy to hear that, as you said, things were uh, amicable and it wasn't like a completely crazy situation because I feel like <clears throat> I've dealt with a lot of those. Yeah, I think as we get older or, you know, the energy that we put out in whatever space and season we are in in our lives, we have people gravitate towards us based on that energy. And, you know, luckily I was in a space where the energy I put out wasn't something that was inherently toxic. You know, it was some issues, but it wasn't inherently toxic. So uh, I take pride in that and just, you know, just working on moving forward from there. I like it. I like it. I'm happy to hear that everything is okay. Mentally, um, how are you feeling about the the breakup? Are you like, okay? With, like, you, you good? Well, I'm excited for this conversation today, Jackie. We're going to talk a bit about depression today. And on previous podcasts, I had spoken on how I was feeling some emotions. I was feeling depressed. Uh, coming back from a long spiritual vacation in Japan, um, back to running my three businesses, feeling compl- basically I went from serenity to burnout. Um, and that process and that overload, I felt like <clears throat> felt scattered. 
because I was out of routine. We're going to talk a little bit about this more. But um, that coupled with this, I'm in an emotional, interesting space right now, right? Um, but I do feel as of today, I would say as of this week, a bit more emotionally resilient because I'm sticking to my routines. I'm doing the things I know that are necessary for my mind, meditation, working out, eating right, um, chatting and connecting with friends. So we're, we're doing the things we need to. I appreciate you asking. You know, that's what I got to do. I got to ask. I got to make sure you're good. And um, we actually have a clinical social worker, um, Dara Grimes. She is joining us today on the three on the Black Health 365 podcast to talk about depression. So I know she's going to be, um, you know, a great tool for you right now in, in this in this time that you're going through, um, Britt. So, you know, I, I had to ask um, uh, really quickly, uh, Dara, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm glad to be here and hopefully can provide some information and some support um, on this series and this episode. Yeah, really, really excited to have you. Thank you for joining. Um, Britt, before we hop into the conversation about depression with uh, with uh, Dark, can you drop a Dharma talk on us real quick? (laughs) I'm excited to do this finally on camera so the 365 can see my face as we uh, drop this knowledge. So 365 is, as you like to know, as you know, we start off our, our podcast with a Dharma talk. A Dharma talk comes from the Eastern tradition. It's essentially a small sermon just to set the tone for the conversation. And today's Dharma talk, speaking from the concept of, uh, we're going to talk about depression. Today, we're going to talk about empathy, right? Uh, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. It, it goes beyond sympathy, right? It's which is merely feeling sorry for someone else. Empathy allows us to truly connect with others, acknowledging their experiences and offering support and understanding without judgment. Um, When we practice empathy, we open ourselves to profound interconnectedness with everybody around us and understand that we're not alone in our own struggles. And in that process, we create a community of people who wanna tap in with each other. Um, and that's important because everybody, Jackie, is going through something and that doesn't excuse you for certain behaviors, but it's important that we step outside of our own selves to see other people's perspectives so that we connect with them and so that people can heal together. As we've been saying on multiple different podcasts, as we know, healing is a verb and it it takes time, um, right? It takes communication. And so um, as we talk more in this podcast, I hope 365ers, as you're listening to this, if you know someone that is struggling with depression, if you yourself may feel like you have some symptoms of depression, give yourself grace, show yourself empathy, because there are tools that can help you feel reconnected. No matter how disconnected you feel, there are tools that help you feel reconnected. Powerful Dharma talk today. Thank you so much, Britt. Um, And I know that was, I'm not going to say it was hard for you to do, but I know that was you know, that that took some courage and some strength, especially considering what you've been through. And we you know, we've all we we've all heard your story um, and then, you know, where you're at right now, actually having to come forward and, and share those emotions and, and walk through that is it, it can be challenging. So, um, you know, as a friend um, and I'm sure the 365ers feel the same way. Um, thank you for giving us that, because, you know, that that's not the easiest thing to do. Um, as I was saying earlier, we do have clinical social worker, um, Dara Grimes, hopping on to 
talk with us about depression. Um, it is something that is hitting the black community, I think, a lot more than it's hitting in a, a lot of other communities. It's going undiagnosed. Um, and it's something that we need to discuss. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, you know, we've seen on the news and in social media that there are a lot of um, celebrities and just people in general who've been dealing with uh, depression. And it's something that a lot of people didn't know about. So we definitely want to talk about it today. Um, Dara, I have a question for you. Um, you know, being a clinical social worker is not an easy thing to do. Um, why why did you decide to step into this profession well i didn't i don't think i think it chose me uh, i my mother is a clinical social worker and i kind of grew up kind of seeing how she helped other people and i kind of just fell into it i was always in the helping for profession somehow um and i like helping people and i try to empower them not to do it for them but to teach them to do how to do things and so they can do it themselves so I, especially for our people, I like to work with black people and people in our community to help them do better um, because we are kind of afraid to step out there and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. You know, I need help. And so trying to create that space for people to feel comfortable to not have to explain their experience because we have a shared experience that we understand. They don't have to tell their whole story and you know, we can kind of get into the things that they really need to resolve. Um, and, and uh, work on. So I think that's part of the reason how I kind of fell in into this profession. That's beautiful. You said a, a very concrete thing about finding ways to help people hold space for them to express, for them to navigate emotionally um, what they're going through. And that's, that's really powerful. From the highest level, from a, go a global level, what is the clinical definition of depression? So basically the, the clinical definition of depression, it is a mood disorder, you know, that causes like a pervasive or persistent feeling of sadness or just feeling low or loss of interest in pleasurable things that you like to do, you know, before. And it's sometimes it does a lot of times it impact, impacts your daily life functioning. So, you know, your, it impacts your ability to get out of bed or wanting to get out of bed, self-care taking a bath, shower, brushing your teeth, you know, cooking, those basic everyday things that sometimes we struggle with. And in its mild form, it just may seem like, oh, I just kind of feel kind of melancholy today, you know, in its um, most moderate to severe form, it's I don't get out of bed. I'm not bathing. I'm not lifing. I'm not taking care of myself. Um, and so that's when you know that that's it's a it's a problem because it's affecting your ability to to do your life you know, every day, you know, to do life. So often we as black people like to sweep stuff under the rug. Um, so, you know, me feeling like, oh, I'm just tired today or, oh, I just don't have the energy today or I don't have the energy this week. It's just a normal thing. At what point in time do I know that I am suffering or that I may be dealing with depression? Well, I mean, depression is different, experienced differently for other, uh, for everybody's different. So um, you might be like, well, I'm noticing that I usually get up at five o'clock in the morning with no problem, you know, and I'm up and I'm running and I'm exercising, I'm doing things and you're like, eh, I'm not doing it. And you're not doing those things. The things that you used to do and that you enjoy doing, you're not doing um, that you have pervasive you know, thoughts of sadness or thoughts of suicide, or just thinking like, I just don't want to be alive anymore. Your appetite 
often can change or you're eating too much or not enough. Um, your sleep is impacted. You know, you may be experiencing insomnia or um, hypothyroid, like you're sleeping too much. Um, and then, or you might be able to fall asleep, but you're not staying asleep. You're frequently waking through the night. And then when you do wake up, you feel tired. There are a lot of things, you know, there's, or in men, especially irritability is a sign of depression and frustration, which is a little, I'm not saying that women don't become frustrated and irritable because we can, but a lot of times in men, it shows up as anger and frustration, you know? And so um, that's kind of how, you know, it's like, this is not my normal self. And sometimes you just need a little downtime and you can rebound. And sometimes you're like, okay, I haven't rebounded in a week. So this is probably an issue that, you know, requires more professional support and intervention. You highlighted a lot of excellent points, symptoms of depression, expressions of it. Um, I can definitely speak from my personal experience as a black male who didn't have a lot of therapeutic resources growing up to understand my mind didn't have a language for vulnerability um, that my depression in my early 20s and my teenage years manifested as aggression, as violence. I felt like someone stepped on my shoes. I had to respond and react. Um, and, and in healing, I learned that, no, that's not necessary. Right. Um, and so for any of my brothers hearing this right now, if you're going through a period in your life where you're feeling irritable, feeling angry all the time, there might be some deeper reasons behind all that. Britt, when you were going through your depression, did you know that like the anger and the irritability was actually depression? Or did you just think that it was like, I'm just irritable and I'm angry? Like, did you actually identify like, hey, I think I may be going through a bout of depression here, like something isn't right? This is back in, you know, we're, we're going back talking about my, my, um, my issues with drug abuse, in my early 20s. Back then, Brent didn't have a language again for vulnerability or a language for understanding the complexities of the human mind. Depression, I've heard of it, but, you know, in the black community, do we talk about depression like that? You might say that's what, you know, white people deal with, you know, like. And so, no, I didn't at first have an understanding of it. It was just kind of a mentality, me against the world, like everybody out against me. I felt like I had my ribs touching my ribs. You know, I felt like my ribs were against my skin. I felt like a, a caged animal. And all I could do was react because I didn't have a language to communicate. And I think a lot of people feel like that. They feel like they're backing up against the wall um, mentally and against the world and it just come out as anger. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Darwin. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. If you know somebody that's going through this, and I, and I feel like we see it a lot, we just don't one have the, I think what Britt was saying, like the words uh, to communicate with them. Like, how, how do you have this conversation with somebody like, okay, I see something's off. I feel like you may be depressed. How do I say something to a friend or a family member without making the situation worse? So for me, I just directly just ask the person, um, you know, acknowledging saying, I'm noticing that, you know, I haven't heard from you in a couple of days or when we talk, you seem short or you seem like you just scattered or you're all over the place. And I'm just noticing that you're just not yourself and just just say very directly, like, you know, I'm concerned. And is there something you want to talk about or, you know, something I can help you with or something like that? I think it's the direct approach is always the best because I think we as black people, sometimes we kind of feel like we have to be strong and we have to hide that everything's okay. And, and it's really not. And you're like, no, it's really not. And there's help out there, you know, for, for us and for other people. So I would just say, just ask. You know, I'm interested, obviously depression has so many compound effects on our mind, which leads to um, how we speak, uh, how we think, how we interact with people in our lives. As a personal trainer, as a yogi, Jackie, you know, as a wellness instructor as well, I think we can speak for both of us and ask, how does depression affect the body? Well, I can, if you, it affects the body in many ways, and especially for black people. So if you have a pre-existing condition like diabetes and, you know, thyroidism or um, some of the heart disease and things like that, when you are depressed and it's, like I said, depression is like a prolonged or persistent state of, of symptoms and behaviors and they go unchecked. If you don't have heart disease, and it, and it will become heart disease. Stress is the number one num- number one killer, and it also can affect um, cause some types of cancers. You know, diabetes, um, heart disease. I said cancer, stroke, and other neurological disorders. So they are they do affect us physically. You know, you can develop medical conditions, or if you already have those medical conditions, they can become exacerbated by depression and and not being treated. So do you think, because women, there there are certain groups of people who are um, missed, I don't want to say underdiagnosed, I don't want to say misdiagnosed, um, but do you think some of these chronic issues that we deal with is part of the reasons why we don't, I guess, why we're underdiagnosed because we're going in for like high blood pressure versus going in um, via depression. Like, I just, I, I kind of want to know why we women, uh, new moms, uh, elderly people, why there's always that stigma of like, um, oh, you know, it, it, we're never diagnosed the way we need to be. It's always something else and it's never depression. We always want to just push it off to something else. Well, I think also it's not just us, it's the providers that we're going to. A lot of times they're just not educated in the things that affect Black people, 
Um, they don't live in the communities that we live in. They don't experience the same type of the microaggressions, the you know systemic racism that we experience. So you go in, you're like, oh, I don't feel well. And they're like, okay, what's wrong? And they ask, it's like, okay, you have diabetes. But there are other things that are tied to that. It's like, okay, so are you teaching me how to manage my diabetes? You know, is there a way that I can um, not, you know, develop, a, you know, a heart disease or does it lead to other things? How can I mitigate these things? They don't think about the mental health piece because it's like, oh, well, you know, you're used to it. You just let me give you some medicine or tell you what to do and you move on. They're not really looking to really help you become a better whole, a whole person to um, know how to heal yourself and to seek help. So it is a problem in our community, you know, going to doctors once. A lot of times we don't go to doctors. I understand why. I do get why we don't go. And then once you're going to, they're not, like I said, well-versed in the things that affect Black people. That's a lot to take in. Um, it's always, I don't know. I just, I get really like in my feelings when, you know, we have these type of conversations because you would think that the healthcare system would do a better job. You would think that the healthcare system would um, would care a little bit more, especially in 2023, and that's not the case. Um, and it's sad because, it, again, it is 2023, and it just kind of puts you in a position of like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to talk to? Who am I supposed to go to if the people that are supposed to help me aren't here to help me? It is a... It is a problem. It is a, a, a serious problem. And so when as a healthcare, um, mental health care professionals like saying, OK, yeah, you need to go and go to your primary care doctor or you need to see a psychologist or you need to see a psychiatrist. Sometimes it's hard for me to even make that recommendation because I know oftentimes, depending on who they go to, that they're going to walk away feeling probably more frustrated than they did going in. Um, so I would say, you know, really look for people who look like you also has shared experiences and also have the you know educational credentials to be able to treat the whole person and not just one condition because they're all intertwined and they're linked um and so and someone's going to teach you to educate you and to do better um so that's part of the issue that we have too in this community if i am looking for a mental health provider um, what would be some of your suggestions of things that I need to, I guess, consider or think about one before I get to, you know, sitting down to talk to somebody and then what happens once I get there? Sure. So I just, I refer people to psychology.com and you can go and look for, you can filter for different providers based on your area. So you put your zip code in, you can look for, so, okay, I look for, I'm looking for someone who treats depression or specializes in treating depression or anxiety or what have you. And you put in your filters according to your insurance, whether you want a male or female, um, black, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you're looking for, you can filter for pretty much anything. You can read their bios, you can see their picture, you can see if they're accepting new patients and you can contact them directly. And you can have a conversation. A lot of um, providers provide like 15 minute free consultation. So you don't have to commit to being with someone because therapy is a relationship. And sometimes it's just not, it doesn't work. It's just like it's just like in all relationships, it's just not vibing. And it's OK to leave and try something else. So I tell people to do their due diligence and actually go to these sites and read on read the bios, request a free consultation and ask questions. 
That's important. Um, just touching on some of the things you said, um, and also, again, speaking from personal experience, I have been in a seat across from someone who did not share my skin color and I did not feel understood. Um, and that had a, such a negative experience. That, that negative experience had such an impact on my perception of, of, of clinical help that I felt like coming out of it, I need to do everything on my own. I need to figure out how to get my life together. So I stepped to a place where I got to read every self-help book there is. Um, I'm going to tap into just working out extremely hard and doing everything that's necessary to build myself up. But um, we aren't islands to ourselves. We are social creatures and um, therapy is important. And healing, I have come to understand that. And healing, I have come to understand that you need that mirror of consciousness to sometimes help you. Uh, when you seek advice, you know, no one knows your life better than you. But I think when we seek advice, we we aim to get different perspectives um, around um, this this experience here in this world. And so that's that's really powerful. You know, I come from a family, Albany, Georgia, deep down south, birthplace of Ray, Ray Charles. You know, a lot of people struggle with a lot of ailments in my community from like I love how you said you got to address the whole. Um, in my education, I call it curious personalities, addressing the whole. Um a lot of people where I'm from didn't have the resources, didn't know how to tap in like this. And um, depression is rampant and it manifests in so many different ways. My question is, is depression in some way, shape or form hereditary? It can be. So there's plenty of studies on this uh, topic, whether it's hereditary or not. And they say about 40 to 50% of people who have experienced um, depression it is they have a history, a family history of, of depression. A lot oftentimes it's it's undiagnosed. You just know you had that aunt or that uncle is like, you know, they were always a certain way and you're like, but they were never diagnosed. And so um, 50 or 40 percent of it can be hereditary. But the other part is physical, the physical conditions or other factors um, that. But really, the short answer is they don't really know, you know how much of it is hereditary, if it's, you know, what part of it is hereditary, is it 100% hereditary or what? So they're really still trying to study that to see, but I believe that, yes, there are some genetic um, correlations to, you know, depression. That's why they always ask for your family history. So if you've ever been to a therapist, oftentimes if they do a very thorough intake, they want to know about your family history, you know, um, because it does have play a part in how you are you know perform and how you go through life today and can it really kind of unlock a lot of mysteries for you so if you know what your family history especially mental health history not just medical but the mental health history is important for sure that kind of gets us into like the biochemistry somewhat some people they may just say my, my neurochemistry is off you know we get into bipolarism we get into adhd personally i have adhd um and i and, and in educating myself and through dialogue with healthcare professionals, I realized a lot of my uh, depression in my earlier years came from undiagnosed ADHD because I feel like the way my brain works, if I get overwhelmed and I don't have a system of routine, um, it feels like the world is weighing heavy on me. Um, and so I, I've, you know, in conversation with a lot of friends they who have it, you know, ADHD as well. Um, they express that as well. Untreated ADHD can be depression. With that being said, are there other types of depression, like seasonal depression, or like some other terms that we have out there in the world that people kind of use? McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Is your aware of? Sure. Um, so their bipolar depression, I think most people are really starting to know, learn more about bipolar depression, seasonal affective disorders, which you're talking about. Um, major depressive disorder is which people say, well, I have depression. Usually that's what they're talking about is major depressive disorder, which there are three levels or specifiers, which would be mild, moderate, or severe. Um, and there's postpartum depression, which a lot of women go, and that's a lot of, that's um, undiagnosed or misdiagnosed a lot of times in black women. Postpartum is a real thing. Um, and so there's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So they're the those are the you know common most common types of of just of depression. Does depression only affect adults? Is it something that like children can deal with? I know we hear a lot about like you know teenagers, young adults, adults, and then also the elderly. But I mean, can it affect toddlers and and those that are under the age of let's say twelve? Oh, yes, definitely. I treat children um, and adolescents as well. So you do see a lot of depressive symptoms and behaviors in children and, and adolescents. Sometimes it's maybe not enough to become a formal diagnosis, but it's mostly, you know, symptoms and behaviors that kind of, um, I guess, mimic what, you know, diagnose uh, what depression is. So yes, to answer your question, yes, children can be depressed. Yeah, especially in our community because of trauma. Um, a lot of in, in adults, children and adolescents and the elderly. So there is a correlation between trauma and the black community and depression. So, so for any of the 365ers that are listening and they may have a child that they think may be going through, I guess, um, let's say depression. What are some things that they need to look out for? I know you said trauma. Britt just mentioned, you know, he dealt with uh, ADHD. Is there anything else that a parent should look out for um, to say like, hey, you know what, maybe I do need to have my child go sit down and talk to somebody because they may be dealing with depression? Changes in behavior. Um, you know, a lot of kids, sometimes they don't, they don't have the words to say, you know, I feel sad or I don't, you know, I'm just angry. A lot of times you see children acting out. They're angry. Um, they're frustrated because they don't have the words to speak. Um, you know, just if they're ha they've experienced any changes in their lives, like grief, a loss of a parent, a loved one, or a pet, or anything like that, and they just notice that the child is different. They're not um, wanting to get up. You know, like I said, they're tantruming more, um, or not eating, um, sleeping too much, acting out in school. You're getting more calls from. Um, teachers and saying, you know, something's going on. They're sleeping in class. There's a lot of things that they need to look out for and just don't brush it off. Like, oh, that's just them acting out. There's a reason 
for behavior. People just don't act out or are sad for no reason. There's always an underlying reason as to why we are acting or behaving the way that we're behaving. You know, we just went through an incredibly difficult pandemic, especially during quarantine. Something we haven't, you know, it was unprecedented in the in the world's experience. In your work dealing with depression, what do you feel like, and with other mental health issues perhaps, what do you feel like has changed in the world, in your profession at least? Since the pandemic? Yes. Um, a lot. People are just, they're overall just not doing well. Um, I've, you know, seen more people have completed suicide. Um, there have been more referrals, just for me in my um, practice, that I can't even except um, people are coming, you know, saying, you know, I'm just having a hard time kind of dealing with life um, after the pandemic, but we're still in it, you know, in a way. It's just that people just don't see it the same way, but um, lost, losing jobs, losing loved ones during the, the pandemic, and just not being able to manage the feelings and thoughts that they have. And they're just not doing, overall, we're not doing you know, as a whole, we're just we're just not doing well, and we don't know what to do about it. But I do see that more people are seeking help and getting help. That's big. I, I agree. Working as a yogi, as a personal trainer, as someone who operates in the healing space, I do think in the Black community, particularly, there has been a shift towards health awareness, mental health awareness, where it's not as much as a stigma as it used to be. Um, it's, it's more okay to go to a therapist. It's more okay to go take a yoga class and try breathing techniques. Um, in my experience, I've seen that more. And so I think definitely a lot of people are still struggling with the remnants of uh, the pandemic. But I do think there has been a, a sort of a, I won't, I won't say spiritual shift, but an awareness, um, which is good to hear. Well, me and Jack are interested in this. We talked a lot about what depression is, how it manifests how it affects the community in your profession in your line of work how do you help treat people with depression i want to say cure but what are some strategies okay so there's no cure for depression however it can be treated and so usually when i meet with people i do behavioral health screeners just to kind of see where you are in the severity of your symptoms and then i just follow up with a clinical interview which is basically just a conversation and asking questions about your past and what you're experiencing right now. And usually um, the, the intervention that I use is cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy. Um, I, I'm not a proponent for medication necessarily. However, I would say if you need it, you take it, you know, to kind of help manage the symptoms of your depression. Um, and some, it doesn't have to be a lifelong thing that you have to take forever, but if it gets you to a place where you're able to like receive information in therapy that you can actually do the work in therapy, then that does help. So that's usually, that's the best practice is really medication management and therapy. We do a thing called What's Your 365? Um, and it's like a tidbit of information that we like to leave with the 365ers. Um, I was having a conversation with uh, another therapist earlier today on my radio show. Um, and one of the things that she said that really stuck out to me is that when you sit down and you talk to somebody, you have to be willing to do it. Um, so if somebody isn't ready to make the step to sit down and, and, and see a clinical um, psychologist, psychiatrist, or a therapist, um, what advice or what tips would you give somebody um, as far as like managing until they get to the point where they are ready? 
So you're right. If you're not ready, you're not going to receive the information. I would just say as a friend or whomever, just to talk to them and just encourage them to talk. And usually you can, they arrive and say, you know, at, at the, the conclusion that I need to go talk to someone and then just encourage them to do so. But to force someone into getting, seeking help never really, never really works. So they have to be ready. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, one co-signing on that, but then also sharing that uh, snippet of information, because like you said, they have to be ready. You can't force somebody. Um, they have to be ready to receive it. Um Dar, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me and Britt about depression. It's something, like I said earlier, that we in the Black community that we deal with, um, women, we deal with it, men are dealing with it, children. I think we've just realized that everybody, no matter what age, um, in some way, shape or form, you're dealing with it. If people want to reach out to you, whether it be via email, your website or social media, how can they do that? Sure. So they can visit me at abettermindabettermeme.com. Um, and that's the website. And then my, my email address is Dara D Grimes, G R I M E S at a better mind, a better me.com. 365ers. Um, if you know somebody that is dealing with depression or if it's you, uh, Dara is here to talk to you. She is here to help you. So please, please, please reach out. Um, as always, if you have anything that you want us to cover, you can hit me and Britt up on social media at Black Health 365. That's Instagram, sliding them DMs. You can find me at Love Jackie Page. And you can find me at ProfitFitness.life. Again, 365ers, it is your responsibility to be an advocate for your health. And Speaking on today's topic, hold space for others to heal. Peace, namaste, and love. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.